You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. What is good, ladies and gentlemen of the casual wrestling community? This is We Too Deep 413 with another episode here of the Slapping Me to Wrestling podcast. And tonight we are breaking down SummerSlam. Now it is Wednesday when this is being released. So it has been a few days. I'm recording Tuesday night. It has been a few days since SummerSlam has happened. And um, what we are uh, going to do is I'm going to do my sort of review of SummerSlam. Especially now that I've had some time to sit on SummerSlam and to sort of think about it, um, and and I've I've wrote a list, and I I'm not a big fan of of uh, match by match breakdown of pay per views, and so what I did is I took a list, I made a list of the good and the bad of SummerSlam, and we're going to break that down. Um, before we jump into that, uh. If you are not in the Casual Wrestling Community Discord page, uh, go ahead and join that. Uh, You can go to the Casual Wrestling Community YouTube page. There's a link in his videos. Um, Or there's a link in the the Spotify and Apple Podcast link for... uh, um, for you to, to go into um, the Discord page. Join the discourse on our Discord. Um, other than that, let's go ahead and jump on into our reaction to SummerSlam. Um, and, and before, actually, a little bit of more housekeeping. I, I forgot about this. Um, I mentioned in the Discord for those who are in it, but those who may not be in the Discord who listen to this show, the the sort of uh, to keep to give me sort of a better chance to to give better product. Um, I'm going to format the episodes a little bit. Di- no, nothing changes that much, um, but what what's different is instead of going through and doing. Um, a bunch of the the questions from the Discord segment, which I enjoy. It's one of my favorite parts. Instead of, you know, doing three or four episode, I won't do any on Wednesday. Wednesday will just be talking news and reviewing the shows f- from this point forward. 
The Saturday episode will be 100% community involvement. Questions you have. That's where I'll do the little bracket that I'm in. Right now we're in the the best women's wrestler bracket that, I, that people are participating in. And I do appreciate that. Um, and so we will move to sort of the community-involved shows where your questions and stuff like that. That will be done on the Saturday episode. The Wednesday episode is where I'll talk about news from the past week and reviewing the shows um, for over the last you know week of 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 programming. Um. So with that, now let's jump into SummerSlam. So we're gonna start with we'll start with the bad. I always like to start with the bad. You beat you down and we'll build you back up. So the first thing that I want to talk about when it comes to what I thought was bad about SummerSlam was the pacing of the matches and the show itself. It felt like every single match had the, had similar pacing. There wasn't anything that was you know, in a hurry. Everything felt like it was slowed down. So my critique for, like, AEW has always been that they put on, like, 18 matches a show. And, again, that's exaggeration for the people who are going to come after me. But they put on, like, you know, eight matches on a Dynamite and and seven of them have the same fast pacing and, and it tires the crowd out. I feel SummerSlam did the opposite. They they put on eight matches and they stretched it out for four or five hours, and there was a lot of just resting and, and it was drawn out. There wasn't anything that got the crowd really into it, um, into right. And so you need to have equal pay. You need to have balanced pacing. You need to have that match that has uh, the quick pace, you know, quick action, and then you need to have the stuff that are you know, that is, excuse me, slower. And I just felt that the pay-per-view itself just felt like it was just slower. I don't know if it was on purpose or if that's just how it became and how it, it, it was shown, but it just felt like everything sort of was just too long or too slow. Like everything had the same pacing and it just, it sort of, I don't know. I don't. Maybe I'm just crazy, but I felt the pacing. It, there were several matches that I felt were too long, or there wasn't enough action to keep the fans involved. Um, the second thing I will say is just Ronda versus Shayna. Um, that match was not at all necessary for SummerSlam, um, especially with the MMA stipulation. This thing should have been a knockout in five minutes. Um, the fans didn't really seem to care about it. I didn't really seem to care about it. I mean, if you were to go back and if you were watching with me, like I just didn't care enough about that match in the rules. And it's hard to sort of script an MMA fight. Um, there's too much that happens in MMA that you can't script because if, if you, if you don't do it correctly, you can tell that it's fake. Right. And, and, and so I just, I, I wasn't a big fan of the gimmick, the, the sort of stipulation in the whole, the whole thing just felt unnecessary for SummerSlam, especially for the, um, the time that, that it got there. 
Um, number three, and what I would list as bad. I felt the show was completely over-sponsored. I understand you need to have sponsorship to have these events. I've taken enough marketing classes in high school and in the little bit of college that I was in to understand that events like SummerSlam do not happen without sponsorship. You need some way to pay the bills. I understand that. I completely understand that. However, you don't need every match sponsored and, and, and I feel like part of it, like Bianca Belair's gear being the color of a C4 Energy can, like literally like what a can would look like, is not necessary. Having the sponsorships on the ring post and in the, in the, in the, uh, the barricades, just not necessary. I, I just, I understand why you did it. I just don't think it's 100% necessary to do that. Especially like someone like me who I wouldn't say I'm like ADHD, but I have like some some attention deficits where like if 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 you, if the action in the ring isn't good, I'm going to pay attention to the moving C4 logo on the on the barricade and that's what's going to going to hold my attention, right? And so I just I, I don't necessarily think that you need to have sponsors, one, for every match, but two, everywhere in the arena. Like, like you don't need to have, like, I, I take it back to, like, I, I forgot what pay-per-view was, but Austin Theory came out with Beyblade. You don't need to have that part of his Titantron, right? You don't need to have it on the ring post and the apron and the barricade. And you don't need, like, like, like for C4, having Bianca Belair coming down and drinking the C4, I think that would have been enough. I don't think, right, and then, like, to stop Roman's match, like you said, but first, before we get to this match, this match is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Right, none of that really made very much sense. I thought it was over-sponsored, and at the end of the day, it felt like it just became a big commercial. Um, and so I, I didn't necessarily appreciate that aspect of the show. Um, speaking of Roman's match, another bad. What the hell was tribal about that match? I've been saying for the longest time the story needs to go cinematic. There's, and I understand the argument that it's the main event, or um, or in WWE's case, one of four main events of of the show. The fans paid good money. You should see Roman Reigns live. I completely understand that. Here's the thing, though. This match needed to be cinematic. It needed to happen on the island with, the tr with like, tribal people around them in, like, the fire circle, surrounded by tiki torches. Like, what was tribal about this match? There wasn't anything at all tribal. Like, at least have Jey Uso come out with the tribal paint on his face. To give me something to say, hey, this is tribal. Don't just call it tribal and then half-ass it as just a no-rules match. Right? Um, the next thing is part of my rant from my preview video. You didn't have Rhea Ripley. You didn't have Sammy or KO. You didn't have Dom defend his belt. There, there was an opportunity here for NXT to get eyes on it by having Dom Mysterio defend the North American Championship on a major pay-per-view. Um, 
I just and he, and he didn't take it, right? Um, and so you didn't have your big stars on the show, right? You didn't have your big stars, and I, and, and and ultimately you could tell that you didn't have the best of the best on the show. Uh, the ending of Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor made absolutely zero sense to me. I'm fine with Seth winning. I'm not going to critique the fact that Seth retained the title. Here's the two parts that bothered me. You make Finn Balor look completely incompetent the way you had him lose that match. Like, I get the... the, the you're trying to build the tension between Finn and and Damian Priest. I get it. But, but you don't need to have Finn Balor look completely incompetent. Like, he doesn't understand what the game plan was. And and he doesn't understand that that Damien like like Damien was trying to give him the briefcase and he just stared at him like like he was stupid. Like, I, I but the bigger part that that I absolutely floors me every time they do this. Judgment Day will come out and will attack or or surround Seth Rollins. It's four against one, and they'll just let Seth Rollins walk away. Like you have a damn briefcase. That can give you the title he's holding. He's being down. And you could literally mob attack him and take the title. Right? I, I just... It, it doesn't... That part doesn't make sense to me. Like, why did you not at least attempt to attack him? Alright? I don't... I don't understand why you wouldn't at least attempt to attack. Right? Like, like, like I would have easily done something where... Damian Priest, you know, he gets the briefcase back. He's staring at Finn. Dom and Rhea go to attack Seth Rollins. Damian goes to get ready to cash in. And Finn Balor goes and attacks Damian. Or Finn Balor goes and stops them from attack. Have something that makes sense as to why Damian Priest just didn't cash in. Like, I don't understand the logic that, that happens there. Finn looks completely incompetent. And you you have the numbers. Why don't we use, like, the numbers game in wrestling? It, it makes no sense to me, right? But I think the worst thing that came out of SummerSlam was that there was no surprises or debuts, right? I guess you could call Omos... And we're going to talk about him in a minute. I guess you could call Omos a surprise return. Because no one in their fucking mind would have thought that he would have been the 25th entrant in this battle royal. Um, but outside of that, like Dakota Kai still injured, but she shows up to celebrate with EO. But you don't get any big returns. You don't get any surprise debuts. And when there's rumors like that, and I know we shouldn't trust rumors. I know we shouldn't trust rumors. But my heart was hoping for something. And maybe my expectation was too high. Because a year ago, Triple H gave us like 18 returns on SummerSlam. And again, I'm exaggerating. So don't come at me with, with oh, you're giving false information. I'm exaggerating. But Triple H last year gave us debuts, returns, and, and it made it feel special. Right, and so I'm not going to say this is a bad event. I'm going to give you my overall take here in a, in a minute. Let's go over what was good. Let's start with the obvious. LA Knight fucking won the Slim Jim Battle Royal. The, the right decision. 
right? L.A. Knight won that battle royal. He should have won. But I have a question. What does this do for L.A. Knight? Now, I have watched Raw, and we're going to talk about Raw here in a minute. Um, a little bit. I just have one thing to say about Raw. The one thing I want to say about L.A. Knight we'll talk about on Saturday. I was asked a question about this potential feud with Miz. And again, I'm going to cover the, the Discord questions on Saturday. But what does this do for LA Knight? He wins the Battle Royal. He gets a commercial. Now what? Like, what is this supposed to do in my mind as a fan of this show to say, okay, well, this is good, right? You know what would have been better for LA Knight? Winning the United States Championship. You know what would have been better for the show? Not having this Battle Royal... But having the United States Championship be defended on a major pay-per-view, which we haven't seen since Backlash on a, on a, on a pay-per-view, premier live event, have it be defended against the number one merch seller in the company, have him win the, the title, and create a big moment for LA Knight. Because what does winning this battle royal actually give him? I don't think it gives him very much. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm happy he won. Because if he didn't win, you could kiss whatever momentum you think he had away. Because this was the minimum of all minimums. I feel this is still just fan service. I'm not going to sit here and buy that LA Knight's still going to get pushed. What, you give them the commercial? You give the fans a, a victory that should have happened based on the competitors in the match? You look at the people in the ring, you get a bunch of tag teams in lower mid-card. LA Knight has to win that match. If he doesn't, he, he's, he's done. He's buried. But even still, I don't think he's past the level of just being fan service. He, they, they haven't done enough with LA Knight for me to, to get out of this bubble if he's never going to get pushed. They're just going to do enough to give the fans just a little bit of what they want. And I may be the only person who feels this way. I like LA Knight. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's worth a main, main title run. But I think a U.S. title run will fit him. It makes the belt mean something and it, it benefits him because he can be on tv more often it benefits everyone it's a win-win to give him that u.s title i i just don't understand though what winning this battle royal did for la Knight. It, it he he didn't accomplish anything that fantastic right we move on eo sky good thing she cashed in she won the title I, this was actually a really decent match. I'll be completely honest. Um, EO being champion, I kind of figured what happened at this show. I don't mind it. I have a question, though. Because the rumor is that EO Sky... It's not EO Sky. Sorry. Kyrie Sane has signed back with the WWE. So my question is, is what are we going to do? We're going to do Kyrie versus EO versus Asuka? And my question is, because I have a feeling that's where they're going. And I have no problem with that match on a personal level. On a business level, though, I'm looking at a booking decision. Who actually is going to care about that match? The, the marks, the hardcore fans, they will enjoy it. But the problem that you're going to run into is that neither of the three can really speak 
very fluent English. And I don't care that they speak in Japanese, but they don't subtitle the promos. And so it really becomes difficult for it, for an Amer the American audience who you're aiming for, who is your number one consumer of your product, right? The person, the, the audience you should be catering to, it becomes very difficult for them to understand the story. If it's going to be three Japanese women, three of the best women's wrestlers in this generation, I have no problem with them going for the title. The problem that I feel we're going to have is for most of the fan base that are not hardcore fans, they're not going to understand the promo. And if you can't pro promote the show, if you can't get people invested in wanting to watch the match, they're not going to care. And so I think that's the problem Triple H is going to run into, and I hope he has a way to, to fix that. I don't care that. I think Eosky is the best of the three. I think she should be world champion. For, for that women's division. I think it it, it creates... I think it's the better story. Because now what happens with Bailey? Like, does Bailey get jealous? You could run the jealousy angle. What happens with Dakota Kai? Like, there's so much story you could put... I don't care that she's champion. I just don't know if, if the rest of the sort of... The, the more... The people who are more casual than me... If they're going to buy into this idea of a of three Japanese women going at it, it seems and and I, and I hate to do that. It seems a little AEW ish, right? It seems like something that that the hardcore fans will eat up. I'm I the matches are going to be fantastic. The matches will be fantastic. I have no issue about that. It's the promotion. It's it's getting the casual fan base and the channel flippers. And the people who watch the premiere live events and maybe some of the shows, but they're not going to be pressed if they miss one. It's getting them to be interested in this feud long enough to watch the match. And in order to do that, you have to be able to communicate with them through their promos. I just, that's the problem I see coming out of this feud. Again, right? I like that EO's champion. I think it was the best decision. The best thing going forward at SummerSlam was to have EO cash in. I'm interested to see where it goes, where the storyline goes. Because Bailey sort of caught up with Shotzi. Like, like where do, where does the storyline go? I'm very interested in that. And, and so I'm glad this, this was one of the good parts of the show. Number three. Bianca Belair. Selling of that knee injury. I will say this. For a good five to ten minutes, I thought for a hundred percent certain I was sold. She got me. I thought she fucked up her knee. I did. I thought she fucked up her knee. And this goes to to to, to the idea that I don't know if she took acting classes. Or if this was just natural to her. But the way she sold that injury was the best sell of an injury I have seen in quite a while. I don't even remember the last time I saw, I saw someone sell an injury to that. I would have to say the, the last time I felt the way I felt about Bianca Belair was a legitimate injury. And it was at an indie show several years ago for Evolve. Before WWE sort of bought out Evolve. They were doing an event with uh, local promotion PWX. And I don't remember. They were doing basically two shows. 
There was an Evolve show and then a PWX show. And it, two shows for one ticket price, right? And they were going to split the gate, essentially. I think was how it went. Um, I don't exactly remember. It was like 2018. Um, and I think it was the PWX portion of the show. The main event was um, JD Drake or James Drake. If you watch AEW, he's part of the workhorseman. He works on ROH now. Um, and then Slim J, he's also part of it. He was also a part of AEW at one point. I don't know if, if he was. They were fighting each other. Now, Slim J was champion. I enjoyed him um, as champion at, at, for PWX. Now, they were in a match. And something happened. I don't exactly remember the, the what happened. But it was like a, a power bomb or like a buckle bomb or something like that. And, and, and all I remember was a collective gasp. And Slim J was down. James Drake threw up the X and then they kicked us all out of the show called the ambulance and everyone just felt sick to their stomach because this was a legitimate injury. And, and, and this was that, that, that same sort of feeling that I felt at that show was how I felt when Bianca went down and started screaming in a horror, grabbing her knee. I've torn my ACL before, right? I've gone through that surgery and that rehab process. It's not fucking fun. And we're already in a, a severely plagued women's division, right? Where Bianca, uh, excuse me, Dakota Kai's injured, Liv's either injured or taking time off. Raquel, we don't know what's going on. Is she actually hurt? If, if not, it looked, she came out Monday and attacked Rhea, so I think she's okay. Indy Hartwell, I think, this is just now coming back from fully recovered. Soruka's out, Nikita Lyons is out. You've got a banged up women's roster right now. But you can't you can't lose your top face in the in the women's division. It it, it completely changes what, what's going on it, on the storyline. And so I was just, I felt bad for her. I was feeling like how are they gonna fix the storyline? Like what's the audible they're gonna throw? And then she comes back out to the ring from the ramp like nothing happened and oh she got us hey bianca you sold the hell out of that injury i hope nothing really is injured you sold the hell out of it and it was the best sell i've ever seen in a while on an injury um because i legit thought she was her career was going to be on pause for a little bit um the next thing that i thought was very good was just the way Charlotte... Look, I don't know what it is about Charlotte here recently. She just looks good. Not in the... Like, like I'm talking physically. Just looks good. Andrade got him a good one. Right? And and, and this is this is me sort of joking around. Uh, but, like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the red. I don't know what it is about Charlotte. She just looks mightily attractive. Like and and I've never ne really been that attracted to Charlotte Flair. I'm be completely honest with you. Just never really been that attracted. But she looked good on Saturday. She did. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. She looked good. The next thing, there's two more. The next thing is the bloodline story. Look, this is there's a reason why I told y'all I'm gonna stop predicting what happens in the bloodline story. 
Because I ain't predict this shit. And every time I say something and I think it sounds good, they go the complete opposite direction, make me flip 180 degrees around, take me this way, that way, and the other, and it all turns out good. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop trying to predict the bloodline, and I'm just going to let Paul Heyman or whoever's writing the story navigate me towards the ending of this story. And, 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 and if Paul Heyman's telling the truth like he said in the, in the press conference, and we're only in the bottom of the third inning, oh boy, we got some stuff cooking because we got six innings left, baby. We got six more innings left. Now, if he's talking innings as each in, each year is an inning and we got six more years of this, I don't know if I'll be happy with that. But but if he's just cooking, if the game's just beginning, <laughs> baby, I, I want to see what we get in the back half of this story. Because I, I, if, if we're not even halfway done yet, oh, baby, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, I think I read a, a Fightful report. That said, that's a source in WWE's response to when's the story going to end is whenever Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman fucking says it's over, which means we we might get two to three more years of this shit, and I'm going to sit right here, I'm going to get my popcorn ready, I'm going to sit in front of that TV every premiere live event, and I'm going to sit here and enjoy the fuck out of the best story ever told in wrestling. And I'm 100% going to back down on that. The best story ever told in wrestling. I don't care if this takes six more years, six more months. I don't care how long it is. I'm going to sit there and watch it. And I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of it. The match didn't make no sense to call it tribal combat. Because nothing was tribal about it. But the story itself. Oh my boy. boy, Where are we going? Where are we going now? Like what's going on here? Jimmy what the hell are we doing? Like, like, I don't know where we're going, and I'm not even going to try to predict it. My assumption is we're going to have a fatal four-way at Survivor Series, Solo, Roman, Jimmy, and Jay. Uh, my assumption is for the next few months we're going to have Jimmy and Jay go at it. Um, I don't know where we're going, but I can't wait to get there. And I can't wait to see where the story goes. I, just, I, I, I literally, this is the, this is, I'll say this. If the rest of the of the booking started to suck dick to where I wouldn't want to watch it, I would only tune in to watch the Bloodline. Now this the Bloodline itself is the reason why I watch wrestling right now. That in NXT, you could remove everything else from the product. You could you could get rid of. We get about an hour a week of the Bloodline, right? So you can get rid of the other hour of SmackDown, all three hours of Raw. You remove those four hours of programming and just give me the one hour that we get of the Bloodline each week and the two hours of NXT, I'll be content. I'll be content. 100% content with just those three hours of wrestling. I'm going to be completely honest with you. But the last thing I want to talk about that I thought was good, and, 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 and so we started the good with LA Knight, and we're going to end the good back at that match, and it's Omos. I've been asking since the draft, where's Omos? Why is he not here? Why, why is he the only free agent to not show up yet? He comes back at SummerSlam. And he dominates this battle royal. LA Knight won. But the focus wasn't on LA Knight. They didn't really focus on LA Knight here. What did they focus on? Until he got eliminated, which took, what, seven or eight guys? Until he got eliminated, the main focus on this match was Omos. They presented him as the, the, the strongest person in this in this match. He, he had several eliminations. And he was a he was a legitimate threat. And so this is this is my point. You gotta book him strong. 
Now he obviously he wasn't going to win that match. But you know what you do with 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 Omos now? You have him show up and just dominate the lower mid card for two to three weeks, two to three months, right? You you, you get him a match at payback against a somewhat decent wrestler, and he wins. Maybe you associate him with Lashley and the Prophets, and he starts to pick up wins, and and they right. You have to continue the strong booking. I'm excited with how they use. I know a lot of people were a little bit upset that Omos was there. I'm not, and and, and, and I'll say this though. Uh, we'll, we'll address this, and I'll end it here. This is the last chance I'm giving them with Omos. If they can't get him over, if they can't book him strong enough for me to care about him, and for the rest of the fan base to care about him. This is it for him. I'm a, I, I, you can't do this again. This is what, the fourth or fifth time you've tried to sort of, you, you, you let him leave for a little bit and then you bring him back? This is the last time I think I'm going to give you. I don't. There's a lot of the fan base that's checked out on Omos who don't give a fuck about him. This is the last time I'm going to support Omos sort of being repackaged in a way. They need to book him strong. They need to give him some meaningful wins. They need to put him in a, a, a either if they put him in a group, let him let them win, let them dominate, let him feel like the giant that he is. And I think the crowd will start to like him. Let him have show his personality that we know he has. And I think the crowd will start to come to like him. But if you're just going to do the same old same old with Omos, you might as well just give him the pink slip. I'm done. If, if you're going to do the same old, same old, I'm not going to support it. Because it's obviously not working. It's insane to continue to do the same thing with Omos and nothing be done to fix the fact that it's not over. Right? So, this is the last opportunity I'm giving WWE to fix the Omos situation. If this time doesn't work, you might as well give him the pink slip. There's no reason for him to be on the roster. That's just the way it's got to be. Right? Um, so overall, with, with SummerSlam, it, it's exactly what I said it was in my preview. It felt like a B-tier show, right? My expectations were met. But I, in terms of I, just looking at the card, I kind of figured it was going to be a pretty... I'm not going to say bad. It wasn't a horrible show. My expectations were too high because of last year's SummerSlam. And I, 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 we were meant to... If this was the best they came up with, everyone's expectations were so high, there was no way they were going to meet it. And so there is a good question. That is a good question. Did we come in with too high of expectations for this show and if we took away those expectations and watched the show for what we got and didn't compare it to last year does that change how we perceive the show and for me it does a little bit it makes it a little bit more enjoyable we got some pretty decent matches storyline was progressed i'm not mad at what we got i just felt we could have gotten a little bit more i just felt that, that, that instead of putting Theory in a battle royal, having him defend the title, putting Rhea in a match that meant something, 
putting Trish and Becky on the card. There was things you could you could have done to make this show feel more important. Um, and so I just it wasn't bad. I'm giving it a C plus. It was very mid. Maybe a B minus if I'm being a little bit more fair. I just it wasn't up to the level that I was expecting out of your second biggest show of the year. Um, so that's where we'll end it. Let me know what you guys think. Um, and again, join the discourse in the Discord. We look forward to having you. And uh, until then, I can't wait to see y'all guys on the next episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. You can find me on t- on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And TikTok at We2Deep413. Again, that's at We2Deep413. W E T O O D E E P 413. I'll see you guys on Saturday. I can't wait to answer the community's questions. Keep asking them. And uh, until then, I'll see y'all then. And y'all have a great rest of your week.